Hello and welcome to another Manna. As you know, I'm Pastor Jeff Glenn and it's my pleasure to take you through the Word each week. We have been in 2 Thessalonians just beginning and now we're going to get into chapter 2. And so I'll read those verses and, and we'll get going. So uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5. Now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as is from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that, that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember these that I told you when I was still with you? And so, as we learned in the introduction, um, Paul is writing his second letter uh, to correct some false teachings about the coming of the Lord. And he jumps right into it here in this first part of chapter 2. And this comes after Paul has already spent time with them and then written to them a previous letter and now this letter. So Paul's really invested himself in this church at Thessalonica and he wants them to be clear on the teachings that he shared with them while he was with them, plus the mention of the Lord's return in the last part of First Thessalonians. And um, he's... He's correcting this church, and so part of part of this comforts me in in that this church at Thessalonica they were eager for the Lord's return. They they expected His return at any moment, and so um, they their anticipation was was great. So it also led into their being deceived by some false teaching that the Lord had already come. But the fact that they were in this state of high anticipation, it's the same as we should be in this day. We should be expecting the Lord's return. He, he we're told that he's going to come quickly. And that's not necessarily a reference to, to time, because when these things were written, this is now 2,000 years ago, but, but it's, it's the, um, the swiftness of which he'll re return. He'll, he'll overtake those who aren't expecting him, who have sort of a lax attitude about his return. And so we should always stay um, in a level of anticipation of his return. And so we also, in the church, we say Maranatha, and then that has two different meanings depending upon where you place the emphasis. And so, but both are valid. In the first, it means our Lord come or come quickly. And so we're, we're anticipating the um, the coming of the Lord at any moment. And in the second, Maranatha, it means our Lord has come. And so this is recognizing that he, he came um, and by his life, death, and resurrection that we are saved. And so, so both are valid. One is looking forward to Jesus' return and the other is looking back on his work on the cross for our salvation. 
And both should give us um, great satisfaction in, in our faith. And the second thing that comforts me about Paul's letter here is that they struggled with contentment in the Lord's coming, in that, in that waiting while they were waiting for his return, they struggled with contentment. And, you know, because it's, it's after all, a mystery, um, the exact hour, the exact day that he'll return. But, but people um, put, put a date on it. They try to put a date on it. And so that's the discouraging part here. And that's the part that um, they got um, deceived by was their, their eager anticipation, and they were, were struggling with contentment in, in waiting and doing the things that the Lord asks us to do while we wait. And they got, um, they received word that the Lord had come, and, they, and of course they obviously um, were bummed out about that because they're left behind. But Paul's writing to them and letting them know that this is a false claim that the Lord had already had come. And, you know, I mentioned in the in introduction um, several a list of several times in history where someone has tried to put a date on the Lord's return. And let me tell you, that's just a short list. And so it's very surprising that that this is continues to this day. You know, it's it's almost a favorite pastime of some to to put a date on the Lord's return. And it it always leads to heretical teaching. So we want to stay close to the word and um and by what it reveals to us about the, the coming of our Lord and what we're to do in the, in the waiting for the coming of our Lord. And so Paul is, is calling their attention back to when he was among them, teaching them about these things, about the Lord's return, and even his previous letter. So he doesn't want them to stay deceived, and um, he's reminding them of several things that were proof that Jesus had not yet returned because they hadn't taken place. And so we'll talk about the the first two today. Um, The first is, he says here um, in verse 3, is, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And so the falling away, um, the... um, in. His letter to Timothy, his first letter, um, in chapter 4, he says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it's received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. And so throughout history of the church, there's been periods of of great um, growth and influence, and and there's been many revivals that have been throughout history, and there's been periods of of time where where it seems like the church has shrunk back and, you know, kind of marked by this you know, lack of, of faithful adherence to the Word of God and maybe a reluctance of uh, those to preach the full-throated gospel, calling people to repentance, um, you know, a lack of biblical knowledge either through, you know, apathy or in some cases a prevention of the Word of God being ava- made available to um, lay people. Um, you know, all of this um, kind of um, has been a part of church history, this um, periods of uh, great growth, revival, periods where it seems like the church has kind of shrunk back. Um, but, um, you know, whatever the reason, there's there's been uh, 
um, those periods where the church looks like it's on decline. But I think what Paul is talking about here is is something something greater than this, and and relatively happening in a short short period of time, and perhaps associated with persecution and and the emergence of our next point, which is the the man of sin. Uh, or the son of perdition that that's talked about here, which we'll we'll get into. This is another um, area where people want to place um, names, and a lot of uh, time is spent in this. But this man of lawlessness, or this man of sin, the the son of perdition. Um, you know, we we know that Satan is already at work currently, and what this is talking about is there there will come a man who will be empowered by his evil and he'll be able to deceive many um if possible even the elect as jesus warned in matthew you know this this man of perdition his his powerful signs and wonders may be able to draw away many as he rises to power um but has not quite yet been revealed as the man of of lawlessness and so we'll learn later in this chapter that god will will send a strong delusion as well that will play into this so a lot of moving pieces and so what we're actually entering into is territory that's been of great debate in the church over the next over the um, centuries but next week we'll, we'll review some of that um the timelines that people pull from the bible um, about Jesus' return. So we can kind of see what Paul is addressing here in 2 Thessalonians and where that kind of kind of fits in. And so until next week, uh, stay in the Word and stay encouraged.